storytelling. Today I would like to welcome a special guest. She is a trainer, coach and carer and has been looking after her father for over 10 years whilst holding down a full-time job. She's also an amazing cook and baker and has exercised every day throughout lockdown. Please welcome a great friend, Palvi Shah. Hello, Palvi. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm good, thank you, and welcome to the podcast. Today, you wanted to talk to us about the importance of having a will. Yes, I do. So I don't know if everyone's aware, but normally March and October are free will months. And what that basically means is that different solicitors sign up for free will month in the hope that you will also donate some money either to a charity of your choice or to some main charities which are supporting free will month. Why is having a will important? I think it's really important so that your loved ones, your friends know what your wishes should be in the event that something should happen to you. Death is not something that people like to talk about or even think about. But given the COVID crisis and given the number of people who've lost their lives to COVID, I think it's really important that it's discussed what you would like your final wishes to be. And a will can protect you to ensure that your final wishes are met. But also, if you have assets, if you've got savings, that they go to the people that you want them to go to and not to to the government or to uh, people that you don't necessarily want your assets and financial wealth to go to. So what happens to your money when you don't have a will? So if you don't have a will and you've, you've not clarified and been exact in what you want your wishes to be, that will will go into probate. And depending on the, the value of your assets, the government can take a a massive big chunk in terms of inheritance tax. And an example I will give is that um, I'm aware of someone, um, a lady who actually did have a will and original final version of that will was kept by the solicitor. Now, unfortunately, when this lady passed away, the solicitor had lost that original paperwork. So even though she had a copy of the will, the court recognised it that she did not have a will. Now, her final wishes were that her inheritance should go to a number of charities. Because she did not have a will, legally, different family members have to be contacted. And as a result, people maybe that she's not even spoken to you in years would now be getting a piece of her inheritance. So if you don't have a will or you have a will that you're not aware where the original is, potentially your inheritance could go where you don't wish for it to be gone to. So it's important to know where the original copy of the will is kept. Yes. And that and that someone that you, you know, um, that you trust also knows where where they should go to, which solicitors they should contact in the event something should happen to you. That's really interesting. And I think you've had recent experience as well, haven't you, of trying to track an original will? Absolutely. So my dad had a will written about 12, 13 years ago. And 
last week, my dad and I were discussing about his will. And I said, let me contact the solicitor. And I couldn't get through to the solicitor. And finally, I found out from the solicitor's regulation authority that that solicitor's had closed down and the paperwork had gone to another solicitor's. I'm currently waiting for that solicitor to come back to me to see if they can find the original will. If they can't, my dad probably will have to get a new will created, which is what we'll probably end up actually doing. So it's quite important that you know where your will is stored, your loved ones know where to go and who to contact in the event something should happen to you, but also to regularly review your will. Maybe every five years, you know, circumstances change, people's lives change. Maybe you may want to adjust or change your will. Now, my dad obviously hadn't reviewed his will or we would have known a lot sooner that um, that solicitor's firm had actually closed down. In addition to working full-time, you also care for your dad. Are there other considerations that we need to take into account? Yeah. So something that I'm, I'm recently in the process of doing is creating a, something known as a power of attorney. There are two kinds of powers of attorneys, a health power of attorney and a financial power of attorney. What these allow you to do is, again, discussing with your loved one what their wishes should be in the event something should happen. Now, for example, with the health fund power of attorney, my dad's health has been a bit up and down. And so I know what his wishes are. We've discussed this. So if he ends up in hospital or something should happen, I know exactly what he would like to take place. And so having a power of attorney means that you can speak and you can be an advocate on behalf of that person. Similarly, in terms of the financial power of attorney as well, if let's say they're not able to get to the bank or they're not able to speak to the banks themselves, you as the holder of the power of attorney are able to do that. Now, within that power of attorney, you can put in different provisos relating to different scenarios. So, again, it's about starting the conversation. Now, personally, I'm a believer that actually everyone should have a power of attorney. And it's something that I intend to do for myself as well. Now, having looked into it, it can be done online. You need someone who will be someone who's a certifier. So someone who will talk to your loved one to make sure that they're clear about what they're actually signing and you will need an attorney. Um, so in this case, I would be the attorney for my dad. I would be the advocate for my dad in the event that something should happen. So that's something also I think it's worth considering for a lot of people. So how do you prevent that power of attorney being abused? I think by really discussing with the person what they would want their intentions to be and having all of that written down. Obviously, you would make someone an attorney that you trust, but there are legal provisos. So this, this is something, again, that you can speak to a solicitor about if you're not quite sure or you're not quite sure of different situations, then a solicitor can go through the different scenarios potentially that could take place that will enable that person to make sure that the attorney is carrying out their wishes as they would want them to be carried out. And I think you, you've hit it on a nail earlier when you said that you're not just looking to have a power of attorney or a will 
for your dad, but you're also wanting one for yourself. When should we all start thinking about making a will or, or doing power of attorneys? I would say as soon as possible, because everyone will have an idea of what their final wishes would likely to be. And so it's important that everyone has a will and everyone has a power of attorney. An example of which I know Martin Lewis has also spoken about this as well. Let's say you are in a car accident and you end up in a coma. Um, What would you like to do? Would you like to carry on in that coma for three months, six months, or would you like to peacefully let go? So these are some of the things that it is worth thinking. If you've got children, for example, let's say you have children, it's it's so important that you have a will. An example of this, again, is that I was talking to someone recently, both himself and his wife both, both got COVID. He has two young girls, and he said, that's the point where I thought, if something happened to me and my wife through COVID, what would happen to my children who would take care of them? So if you've got children under the age of 18, you need to think about if something should happen to you and your partner or to you if you're a single parent, what would happen to your child or your children? Who would take care of them? Do you have siblings who'd be willing to take on your children? Do you have friends who'd be willing to take on your children? What would happen to your children? So actually, every single person should have a will and every single person should have a power of attorney. That's really great advice. And as you say, it's not just about making plans for work, career and living and life, but you also need to plan for your eventual death as well. It's true. At some point, every single person is going to die. That is a certainty. How that death is experienced um, by your loved ones, how well it's planned for makes a massive difference to those individuals. And also, you know that whatever happens at the end, you've discussed, you talked about, and you put into place what you want to have happen from the, the way that you're buried, if you're going to be buried or if you're cremated, what all of your wishes should be. And I think people should not shy away from talking about death because everyone at some point in their lives is going to know someone that they care about who's passed away or potentially it's something that's going to happen to you sooner than later. Okay, for some people, hopefully it'll be a lot later in life, but for other people, it could happen very suddenly. COVID has shown us this. Young people have suddenly become very ill and have passed away and probably, you know, hadn't thought about thinking it's necessary to make a will or make the final wishes known. Pauvi Shah, you've given us lots of food for thought. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Debbie. Free Will Month is only applicable in the UK. However, if you'd like to know more about wills and power of attorneys, then please follow the link in the show notes.